When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 27th of November 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Squadron Mustafi on becoming a father for the first time. We look at the letter C in the A to Z of Arsenal. As ever, Adrian Clark is back to look ahead to two home games at the chalkboard. But we kick off by looking back at the week with Arsenal Media's Nick Brumsack. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I'm delighted to say that Nick Bromsack now joins me on the line. Morning, mate. How's it going? Yeah, all good, Russ. Much better after uh, yesterday's late win at first four as well. Absolutely. So a double game week ending in positive fashion. It all began in the Europa League, of course, then concluded away to Burnley. And it was certainly a tale of two one nils and more accurately, two penalties. To the return. It's gone down. That's a penalty. Cologne have a penalty here. Garassi's gone down. I'd like to see the replay of this incident. It's good football from Garassi. Nice one, too. Looked to me as if he was looking for the foul. It's a nice give and go. Good pace to get there ahead of Debushi. It's a slight tangle of legs. I think Tabushi just sticks his leg in between the Rassies. It's enough to give him an invitation at least to hit the deck. It's a soft one. Big moment this. Oseru Garassi. It's David Ospina. Good penalty. Straight down the middle. Ospina dived out to his right and Cologne have an unexpected lead. Now it's with... Monreal, infield for Jack Wilshire. Wilshire, short here for Xhaka. Xhaka curls it inside the area here, and the header towards uh, Danny Welbeck. He's cleared away by oh, Ben Mee. Penalty. Oh, it's a penalty! Well, who's gone down? I'm not quite so sure. And some pushing and shoving. Welbeck's involved, Cossiani involved. The referee has pointed to the spot. We're going to have to have another look at this. It's a push by Tarkovsky. A push on Ramsey. Clear push. Will it be deja vu? We're going to find out any second, deep in added on time, at the end of the 90, beyond the 90. Alexis Sanchez once again, can he beat Pope from the spot? Yes, he can! 
in front of the Arsenal supporters away to our right is Alexis Sanchez who celebrates and he's mobbed by his teammates converts from 12 yards after the shove by Tarkovsky on Ramsey Arsenal steal the points from Turf Moor for the second successive season and for the third successive match against Burnley it is Burnley nil, Arsenal 1 Yeah, high drama in both and, and contrasting results as well as the result Yeah, absolutely I think with, with the Europa League given the position that we're in, given the position that we've got ourselves into, especially over those first three or four games, it makes sense, doesn't it, to still play that side. Um, and as it was, of course, it was a disappointing result. I actually felt that the performance wasn't too bad. I thought Arsenal were the better team on the day and it was really just that one decision. Was it a penalty? Mm, I'm not so sure, actually. Um, but yeah, just that one decision that, that made the difference. But that we've, we've topped the group anyway. There's, there's a, a game to go in as far as that competition is concerned. I'd say it's very much job done. And perhaps if anything to take out of it, it's maybe the, the team that plays in these kind of competitions on that occasion, just lacking a little bit of a cutting edge, despite quite a lot of promising dominance. Yeah, and I think that's a result of having not played in Europa League for a little while now, because that's a competition that most of these players have featured in primarily this season. I think what Arsene Wenger is doing is, is actually completely right, because it keeps his squad relatively fresh, relatively fit as well. And it, it meant that he could make 10 changes to the side as well, of course. Uh, for Sunday's trip to Burnley and, and in the end that ended up working because we got the three points in, in the Premier League which was crucial. Well the boss picking a slightly more experienced team and I guess when you've got such a glut of Premier League matches to come Nick it's important to just still bridge that gap and get the balance between the two squads if you want to describe them as that right given what lies ahead. Yeah absolutely I think given how many games I think it's nine or ten in December it's really important now to make sure that everybody's fit, that everybody's relatively fresh because the boss has said himself he's going to need to use a lot of his players over the coming months or so and it's going to be a massive one as well in the context of our season. Of course, there's a Barca game in the Europa League and yes, we've still top spot in that but there's a Carabao Cup quarterfinal and many important Premier League games as well and especially now that we've got ourselves back into the top four, I just see this as a really big opportunity over the course of December to try and establish some momentum and try and slowly keep rising that table and putting pressure on the teams above us. Yeah, absolutely. Just one more thing on the Europa League to note, of course, despite the loss, Arsenal still win their group, which is great news. But the way the seedings work in the Europa League, they could still get a Champions League dropout. It's good, but it could still be very tough as a pathway despite this achievement. Yeah, of course. I think the main thing to do is just top your group and, and then from there on in, you're going to play one of the, I think it's the four lowest seeded dropouts from the Champions League so it does help to, to win the group of course with confidence more than anything else but I think Manchester United showed last season the merits of this competition how important it can be especially if you don't get into the top four it gives you that safety net and for Arsenal it's going to be tough because there's some good sides in there and there's some good sides that are going to come into uh, the Europa League as well you know you look at the likes of Borussia Dortmund who are in there so there's going to be some, some tough obstacles on the way, but it is still very important to top the group because it gives us a better chance in that last 32 draw. OK, so on to the Premier League and away to Burnley for a third consecutive game against a team that we've now beaten in injury time. Um, what are your thoughts on that run and, and also just the way that that one ended? It was pretty dramatic, wasn't it? I quite like Hector Bellerin's uh, tweet after the final whistle. He, he said that the team has shown cojones, um, <laughs> which they did do because they kept going, they kept plugging away. Um, and, and they got the goal at the end. And I think it, it shows a lot about this team's character that even sometimes when, when things aren't so going so much for you against a team like Burnley, who make it so difficult, you look at some of the scalps they've taken this season already, of course, it just shows that, that this team doesn't give up. They keep going. And in the end, they got their reward with a, uh, Alexis popping up at, at the end again. 
And you consider how strong Burnley have been this season in every sense, but particularly at the back. To get that job done against Sean Dyche's men is all the more impressive, isn't it? And to do it on their own turf, where Arsenal haven't always had success away from home this season. Yeah, and what I particularly liked was that we won in a different way uh, as we did against Tottenham in the North London derby, which I felt was a, a really dominating performance. I thought the team were excellent from back to front there. And, you know, to go from there into the Europa League and then have to face Burnley just three days later, that is tough. Um, really stood up to the physical challenge. I was impressed by that. I thought when the defence was breached, Petr Cech was in excellent form and he's, he's really uh, been excellent, actually, in the last couple of games that he's played in. So that's an encouraging sign as well. But and just start defensively. We, we quelled their threat quite well. We, we stopped... Um, crosses from, from deep and when they did get the ball into the box I thought Spodham Mustafi really led by example he was excellent uh, in the centre of that defence but yeah you know coming into Turf more really tough place to go to uh, to go and get a win again as we did last season there was, was really impressive You mentioned actually Peter Cech will be featuring in our C in the A to Z of Arsenal a bit later and you mentioned Squadron Mustafi who also features a bit later in the show um, he was excellent wasn't he and we know that he had a few injury niggles earlier in the season good to have him back and appearing mm. confident fit and a very important part of that back three I think it just shows at the moment I was, I was looking at some stats earlier on and we've only actually conceded two Premier League goals in the last 10 games in which he's played and I think at the moment he's at the top of his game and, and I think the reason for that is because he's got Laurent Koscielny and Nacho Monreal either side of him. That means he, he's got the guys who can go and, and, and run the channels when the strikers decide to do that. He can cover the middle. He's the organiser. He's the loud one. I think he's really benefiting from that at the moment as are the rest of Arsenal's back three and, and Petr Cech as well. Um, it's good to see him in such good form because you know he had a good start to his career. I think we went about 20, 21 games unbeaten when he, when he joined the club and after that had a little dip as the rest of the team did as well. So it, it's good to see him getting back towards his best and hopefully there'll be a lot more to come from him this season. OK, let's take a, a little check-in with the boss then and hear what Arsene Wenger had to say about that win at Burnley. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think we had an average first half. In the second half, we upped the tempo much better. And I give us a merit today. We didn't concede a goal. Our central defense worked well again, you know. And uh, we were relentless in the second half, kept our our head, and uh, in the end, we got the penalty that we wanted. And uh, of all, yeah, I think in the second half, in the first half was an even game, in the second half, it was all us. So I uh, thought the draw will be a disappointment today, even if Burnley is a very good team, and uh, you understand when you look at them why they're a very good team, why they have 22 points. But uh, we were on a high after Tottenham, and I think it was important to push on again to strengthen the belief and uh, the ambition of the team. So, Nick, as you rightly say, Arsenal back up into the top four in the Premier League, back above Spurs as we head into a double game week uh, coming up, which we'll talk to Adrian Clark about in a bit. But it's a strong place to be. That foundation has been laid and it needs to be built on once more, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a big game against Huddersfield and they showed against Man City at the weekend that it's not going to be easy at all. And then that leads us into an absolute cracker against Manchester United, who is one of the teams, of course, that we're looking to catch in front of us. And... For me, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, it's just momentum now is the key and that's what we struggled with this season and that for me has been the most disappointing facet of the campaign so far. You know, I'm talking about results like the one at Watford where we should have won that game but we ended up somehow losing it and we need to put those behind us now, build on the last two Premier League wins and just go from there and just you know, try and make sure that when we get into January that we're still there or thereabouts, second, third or fourth. I think Man City at the moment are a little bit too far ahead of us but hopefully we can just you know, try and slowly cut the gap to them and see where it takes us. And just finally, one thing we haven't noted, we talked a lot about the defence and about the wider collective, but Lacazette and Sanchez starting together and winning together, six out of six now. That, for me, is very important, even with, on this occasion, no Mesut Ozil. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the three of them as a front three, when they have played together, we've seen some really encouraging signs. I mean, they're unplayable against Everton. You know, they're absolutely excellent. They were... They're unstoppable there. And, and then against Tottenham as well, I thought all three of them were really, really impressive. And it's a very exciting front line, isn't it? And I know that, especially when I come to watch the game, I'm always excited to see the three of them together because you've got Ozil's guile mixed with Alexis's power and then you've got the finesse of uh, Lacazette up front. And hopefully those three can continue to uh, take that partnership on, build on it, develop it, and, and sure that if they do that, if they play together, that we'll see some really exciting signs for them coming up as well. Arsenal Media's Nick Brumstadt joining us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. My friend, it is uh, always a pleasure. The Gunners' German international centre-half Skodrum Mustafi became a father for the first time earlier this year. He's been speaking to Arsenal Media's Chris Harris about parenthood. Skodrum, you became a dad this year. Many congratulations. What's life been like since the birth of your daughter? Yeah, well, it, it changes a lot, you know. Um, when when you ask people about it, because obviously with the first child, you don't know what what this expect uh, what what this expecting you. Um, but uh, yeah, when you speak to people, they try and um, give you a little bit of a feeling what is what is coming, but you can't really give someone a feeling because you have to you have to live it. And now I'm living it, and it is. Um, Nice, I love it, um, but on the other side as well, it changes a lot. So um, yeah, you you have to be prepared for for something like this. It's not something easy. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, but in the end, it gives you something really special back. So I'm happy. 
So for Arsenal fans who may be watching this, who may one day become fathers, what are the biggest changes? Well, the biggest, the biggest change is that um, for 25 years it was all about me and now it's all about her. So, um, yeah, you make plans, you think, okay, after training I go home, I do this, I do that. Then you arrive at home and then suddenly she's crying. Uh, you have to carry her, you have to give her the milk or, uh, you know, um, your plans are not worth anything anymore. You are not worth anything. You have just to be 24 hours uh, there for, for the baby. Only obviously when, when you're in training you're a little bit, you switch off because you don't think about what's happening at home. You play your football, but as soon as you leave uh, the training ground on the way home, you know what's expecting you at home. So it's all about the little one. A completely new perspective. That's it. Amazing. Are you getting much sleep? People always ask that question. To be honest, I'm really, really lucky because um, since she's eight weeks, uh, she slept through the night. So um, it's really, yeah. We are really lucky with, with her because she's, she's not sleeping too much during the day. So I have a lot of work during the day after training. It's not finished for me. I, have, I go back home and I have uh, um, another job to do. But um, during the night, she's, she's being really, really good. The A. To Z. Or Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, we go! C is for Campbell. Kevin rose through the ranks at Highbury and played an integral part in seven seasons as we won every domestic trophy as well as a European Cup Winners' Cup. But Campbell has got the strength. Has he got the shots? Well, he has, with a bit of help from Perry Suckluck. inviting Humphrey to go for a walk here and now for a run and when it comes to running Merson's got the speed he's seen Campbell and Arsenal have number four a second for Campbell most of times in the second half the uh, concentration hasn't been absolutely total for Arsenal but Campbell that's a very popular goal indeed He's had a very good week, and it's 5-1. Here's Campbell. Oh, a box from the blue! And Arsenal eventually. It's taken them 70 minutes to take the lead. C is also for the team that Kevin scored that last goal against, Chelsea. We've played our West London neighbours 192 times since our first meeting back in 1907, winning 75 of those encounters, including last season's FA Cup final. And Arsenal respond. They still have the extra man, remember. Giroud into the box, and they have immediately! And Aaron Ramsey, the hero from 2014, he might have done it again! And finally, C is for Chelsea's former and our current number one, Peter Cech. Cech joined us from Stamford Bridge in June 2015. Let's continue to show why he's still one of the world's best goalkeepers with some stunning performances. Chan. Firmino back to Chan. Good football from Liverpool. And a brilliant save by Cech to deny Salah. 
Well, it looked holds on that the Egyptian was going to give Liverpool the lead, but it's a terrific point-blank save by Arsenal's goalkeeper. Now Davis, deep towards Eric Dyer, who stayed forward. Good save by Czech. Really important. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Adrian Clark joins me at the Chalkboard. Clarky, dressed all in blue. <laughs> uh, I, not, not the most Arsenal of colours, but quite fetching, I have to say, well, regardless. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much did get dressed in the dark. So, um, yeah, I don't, it, maybe it's by luck. You have to leave so early in the mornings, don't you, now, to come down here? It's, uh, it's fair enough. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's there for all to see, believe you me, this morning. Uh, we'll start with our question at the chalkboard. After our injury time winner against Burnley, as discussed, uh, what's your favourite last gasp Arsenal goal? <laughs> well, I mean, I think every Arsenal fan's favourite last gasp goal has to be Michael Thomas. Um, really looking forward to watching that film, by the way. Um, I bumped into Amy Lawrence last week and she gave me a copy of the DVD. Nice. So, um, so I'm going to watch that at the first opportunity. Other ones that spring to mind, I was there, it wasn't last minute, but I remember Andy, Andy Linegan's last gasp winner in the FA Cup final replay against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it, it brought, to, it brought a, a, a real climax to a terrible final, really. Um, but it was, a, it was a wonderful moment because Andy Linegan was just a lovely guy and the most sort of non-egotistical player you would ever wish to meet. So for him to, to grab the glory was really special. Uh, and also, I remember having the 1979 FA Cup final on VHS, uh, it was a classic, of course, and Alan Sunderland's uh, late winner there was a bit epic. OK, a couple of recollections from memory lane there from Clarkey. Now, we've got a double game week to look forward to in the Premier League. Big home games against Huddersfield and then Manchester United. Is a six-point haul a must? Would a four-point haul be acceptable? Where do you stand on the kind of wider picture? Well, I think, I think four points is minimum. Uh, you've got to be two home games. You've got to be looking to target six points and there's absolutely no reason why Arsenal can't get six points obviously huge favourites are home to Huddersfield and then it's about Manchester United and, and their mentality coming here to Emirates Stadium how ambitious will they be we know that Jose Mourinho can 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 come go anywhere really in the world and grind out a nil-niller if he wants to um, but, but as Arsenal proved against Spurs when they're on it they can beat anyone. They can tear any team apart. So, yeah, I think you've got to be targeting six. Four is the minimum. Huddersfield, I think I remember commentating a few weeks ago on Rajiv Van Lepara's absolute screamer from nowhere when they beat West Brom. Since then, admittedly a bit of bad luck against Man City where they were excellent at the weekend, but hefty defeat against Bournemouth before that. Have they just tailed off a little bit? Away from home, they've not been good. Let's be honest, Huddersfield have got a poor record, not scored many goals since their opening day of the season win at Crystal Palace, which was phenomenal to caught everyone off guard. Since then, on their travels, not, not brilliant. So, um, yeah, they have tailed off to some degree. I, I thought they were really good against Man City. Uh, good game plan, sat, sat ever so deep, frustrated Man City and limited them to quite, not very many shots on target. So they might come to Emirates Stadium and try and, and, try and replicate that, I guess. Um, but I'd fancy us to beat them. And Manchester United, as we well know, is always such an epic fixture, isn't oh, yes. it? And it's Jose Mourinho's team, again, not always being at their best, grinding out those results when necessary. It's going to be another slightly different but huge challenge again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, let's not underestimate Manchester United. They've got some class players. And Paul Pogba um, is back and he is a match winner. If, he, if he's 
on his game, he can really hurt Arsenal. I don't know if Jose will be as defensive this time around. I don't, something tells me he, he might try and spring a little bit of a surprise uh, and try and get at the Arsenal back three on occasion. I don't think he'll be parking the bus this time around. Don't know. I don't really have any reasoned um, judgment to back that up. It's just just a hunch. But um, but no, you've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic as well, of course, coming back into the fray. And, and if Romelu Lukaku is suspended, at the moment we don't know if he's going to be cited and, and possibly possibly banned, then Arsenal will have to come up against um, Zlatan. And you know that the narrative is there for him to make that, that big impression. I'm more worried potentially about, about Martial or Rashford. I think, I think they're the two game changers for United at times. Uh, their pace and, and their, the movement in the attacking third is excellent. And I think that they, they are two players that have the potential to, to cause our, our defence problems. I was going to raise a point with you that Nick brought up earlier as well, which is the kind of the midweek team from the sense of the Carabao Cup and the Europa League having to effectively merge with the Premier League team because it's two Premier League games in the space of five days this time. It's going to be an interesting balance for how Arsene Wenger treats that. Yeah, interesting balance, but it's two league games. You don't want to be messing around too much with, with your team in the league. But you might change... Three or four, if you know what I mean. At the most, yeah. I, I think. Um, I wouldn't be changing any of the defenders because I think it's important that you get as many games as possible with your... F- and what, what I would regard, and I think what Arsene Wenger regards as his first choice back five, he's got them fit and available, play them. It's it the way I would approach it. Might be a change in midfield, might want to give Jack Wilshere a game, potentially. Uh, maybe give either Jack, uh, Aaron Ramsey or Granite Xhaka a breather. Um, it won't be, be unlucky to miss out in both games, yeah. for example, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Although you could say that you keep uh, keep Ramsey and Jacker and, and maybe swap Wilshire for Iwobi yeah. if Mesut Ozil isn't back from from illness. But I, w- I wouldn't be changing Lacazette. I wouldn't be changing Alexis Sanchez. Um, you want you want your big guns out there, and against a stubborn Huddersfield team, Arsenal might need their their game changers on the field. Okay, so the stage is set. It's a five second team talk. About both games, we want in five seconds, <laughs> six points, go. Oh, I don't know, I have no idea. I haven't really thought this through. Uh, look, be assertive, be aggressive, play fast football. When Arsenal play that way, they deliver. So go out there and do it. And remember, the manager that you're beating on Saturday evening, remember the joy it will give everybody if we beat Jose Mourinho. It wasn't five seconds, but it was very good. So we'll, we'll let you off. Great stuff from Adrian Clark. High time now. We went toe-to-toe ourselves. Rain of Arsenal. Delighted to say that the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, has entered the fray to uh, find out the very latest in Brain of Arsenal. How's it going, mate? Yeah, all good. So it's, uh, it's the exciting one this week. It's week three for one of you. <laughs> A draw, Adrian, will get you to week four, the, the, hallowed, the hallowed land of week the four. Promised land, the holy grail. Well, heaven knows what I would have to know about Charlie George if I made it to, to week four. Um, but look, I'll give it a bash. I've, I've been incredibly busy all weekend so I've, I've literally done no research so I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to get naught I love it when, whenever you get either of you get to week two or three it's always straight away well I haven't done much research so uh... well look I, I did loads of research last week and yeah. I had an absolute shocker on my first week so I, it's a part of me that feels I, I need to give Russ a little bit of a boost here because he was on his knees wasn't he at the end of last week's brain of Arsenal <laughs> I spent hours researching the 2006-7 team and got two out of four wrong which devastated me 
So week one for us. So you only have to go one season on from last week's uh, correct research. Correct. Which so you just chose on the top of my head because I was. You weren't expecting man. it, were you? You weren't expecting it. No. So this week you're week one, 2007-2008 season. Correct. Adrian, week three on Charlie George. Mm. Um, Rush, you went first last week. So Adrian, oh, would you like to go first or second? Uh, ooh, um... Yeah, I'll go first because, yeah, I'll, I'll give him something to beat. <laughs> okay, so week three, Charlie George, your questions start now. Who did Charlie score his last goal for Arsenal against? <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> have a guess. Uh, I will have a guess, and I will say that he scored his last Arsenal goal against uh, Stoke City. Well, it's Sheffield United. Red and white. Yeah, there's a part of me. You know, Question two. Um, who passed the ball to Charlie to score the John winner? John <laughs> Didn't even finish the question. Impressive. Damn, that's, that is impressive. Um, One and a half points. <laughs> question three. How tall is Charlie? Oh, he is. He is 1 metre 80. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Nicely done. Finally, this is my favourite question I might have ever researched. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had to go deep. I had to go deep to another country for this. Oh, one. goodness. So, oh, Charlie scored the quickest playoff goal in US soccer history yeah. for the Minnesota Kicks yeah. against the New York Cosmos. Yeah. In 1978. How many seconds oh, in yeah. did he score? Do you know what? I had about I had a window of, of three or four minutes before, before coming to the studio. And I read the script with that with that question, and I couldn't find it. I researched it. I, I typed into Google Charlie George quickest goal, hoping for the second, and I didn't find it in time. Um, so it's a complete shot in the dark. Um, let's go for nine seconds. It's fifty-two seconds. Oh, so God, it's not that yeah, fast, I had to find. It? Pretty fast. I had to go back to the Minnesota local newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a long time, but found, get... found the match report. They won nine two that, that day. Incredible. Minneapolis yeah. Star. Um, Minnesota. No, Kicks. it was it was an even what the newspaper. Yes. No, it was an even more local newspaper. <laughs> right. than that. It was like a little town in Minnesota. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So oh, um, never, it makes me feel better because I would never have found that on the internet. So, so, but so well still, done, good going. Two, two oh, out of four for a week that. three question. Um, so Russ, week one, no pressure. Okay. Three to make sure that Adrian has to come up with a new subject next week. Question one, who did uh, we play on the first game of the Premier League season and what was the score? Fulham. It was. I was there. And it was 2-1 to Correct. Arsenal. Question two, how many games did Arsenal lose that season? In the Premier League, is this? Premier League. Three. Correct. Question That's number very... three, how many points did Arsenal win? that season. 83. Correct. And finally, he's won it now, but um, Arsenal used three keepers that season. Yep. Do you know who they were? Jens Lehmann? Yep. Mamal Almunia? Yep. Lucas Fabianski? Correct. Four out of four. Nicely done. I thought that one might trip you up at the end, but... Um, or two. Professional rush. Slick. Thank <laughs> you. Needed after last week to try to redress well, some form yeah, of balance. He didn't, he didn't give any extras this week as well. He was straight to the point. Yeah. Didn't want to overplay it, but well done, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Clarky. Of course, big question. Mm. We're going to do next. Well, it well, got me thinking when I meant brought up Andy Linnigan. So let's go with uh, Arsenal's uh, League Cup, FA Cup um, double in 1993. Do you just want the cup competitions? Just or do you want the cup league? competitions, just cup. yeah. Just, cup, just yeah, a focus on their League Cup and FA Cup campaigns um, that ended with double victories over Sheffield Wednesday. 
That won't be one of the questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Uh, Clarky, when can we see and or hear uh, you again? You'll hear me uh, in the commentary box for the uh, Huddersfield game and um, Manchester United. I'm not working, actually, so no, just the Huddersfield game. Sounds good. The final word. Well, the final word this week goes to Amy Lawrence and to the stars of her new 89 documentary. They were on the red carpet at the premiere of the film last week. What really says it all for me is picking up the newspapers the day after the game in 1989. It said the greatest story ever told. It tells you you're onto a good thing and, and what we needed to do is tell that story to the best of our ability. And the fact that the players, George Graham, people who were involved at the time shared such deep memories about what they went through in that time it was just a, a, a glorious thing, to, a very exhilarating thing to, to, to witness. Well, it's been amazing. It's probably been the most exhilarating, emotional, exciting thing I've done outside of playing for, for Arsenal. Um, it's been a great experience and being involved with all the lads again and telling the old stories and reliving that night and that season, in fact, culminating in Michael Thomas's goal has just been a... It's been a dream come true and tonight obviously people get to see it so I'm really excited for them because I've obviously seen it before. Well that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Squadron Mustafi, to Nick Brumsack and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast these days. Plus remember to get your questions in for Clarkie at the chalkboard using Twitter and the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back on Monday the 4th of December. Don't forget as well, the latest Arsenal Weekly podcast stories is currently available. That's when we hear about the life and times of the invincible Gilberto. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.